0: Get Vigoro potting soil just eight ninety seven at the Home Depot. How doers get more done?
2: Hi, I'm Glory Adam, host of Well Read Black Girl. Each week, we journey together through the cultural moment where art, culture, and literature collide, and pay homage to the women whose books we grew up reading. It's the literary kickback you never knew you needed. Listen to Well Read Black Girl on the iHeartRadio Radio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us your attention.
3: We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the illest podcast. Tune in
4: every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way.
3: From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye.
4: From the left enclave to what the neocons say.
3: Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And And
4: break us off with some bread because we waiting waiting on on reparations. Reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You can watch the NFL playoffs like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Sticks podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us are bringing the knowledge from a career as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. We'll break down film from the professional and college game to get you ready for the Super Bowl, the draft, and kickoff next fall. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. It's Brian Baumgartner here, and I played Kevin Malone on The Office, and I also host this podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Office Deep Dive. In fact, it's our final episode of The Office Deep Dive. As always, I am your host, Brian Baumgartner, and today we're going to do something a little different. You're going to hear from me, maybe more than you want to, but what I wanted to do today was to look back and finally tell the story of how all of this came to be how this podcast came to be. And then I want to look forward into our vision for where this podcast goes next, for where it goes into the future and let you know how excited we all are for our next iteration, which to be clear will be available on the very same channel that you found this episode today. You don't have to go download a new podcast or go looking for me somewhere else. You'll find me in the very same place that I have been for the last year. But today is February 8th, 2022. And this podcast I launched started almost exactly one year ago today, February 9th, 2021. Now I'm going to go into the numbers because you know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm going to go into the numbers over the last year, which are staggering and humbling to me and a little bit, but I want to start first back in September of 2019. Now, that is two and a half years ago. That's where this started. I was shooting a movie in Columbus, Georgia, Electric Jesus, available on all streaming platforms today, and I get a a call from Ben Silverman saying he wants to talk to me. Now, If Ben Silverman calls and says he wants to talk to me, (laughs) I make time to answer the phone. And I was on the East Coast. He was on the West Coast. And we agreed on 8.30 PM on the East Coast, 5.30 his time. And I get on the phone and I'm introduced to Ling Lee, who works for Ben. And Ben is on the phone. And he says, look, we've been working with Spotify about doing a podcast on The Office. And I want to know your thoughts or if you have any ideas about how we might approach a podcast on The Office. And I say, well, this is amazing. And we run through a couple of ideas. And Ling has some ideas. And Ben has some ideas. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm in Columbus, Georgia. And <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a little busy right now shooting this movie. so. Let's talk as soon as I'm back. So I return home and Ling contacts me about having a meeting at their offices. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going up and we're just going to kind of continue the conversation about the podcast. This is the idiot that I am. And I drive up and, oh, I have this errand and it's taking me a little extra time and send an email saying like, oh, you know, I'm I'm going to be a little bit later than I said. And Um, She says, no problem, no problem. And so I I get to their offices and I walk into a a conference room, much like the conference room at Dunder Mifflin, about the same size and shape actually with a, a giant table in the middle. And I walk in and there's, I don't know, 12 to 15 people around the table, but it feels like 50 to me. And there's a spot at the head of the table, which is clearly for me. And clearly they have been waiting there in this room for me. And so I think, oh, this was not what I thought. I thought we were having a a casual conversation about how to maybe pursue this podcast. And then the next thing that happens is Ling introduces me to the table as the executive producer of this podcast, the office podcast for Spotify. And I think, well, that's not exactly where I thought we were at this moment either. I hope I thought of something good to say because (laughs) now I feel completely on the spot. And I had this idea. We could have put together a podcast, which would have been a, well, we could have done a professorial explanation of why the office is so great and all of the people who put it together are so great and, and lectured to our listeners, this, this, that idea was not so interesting to me. But what was interesting to me was questions. And the question that I had, which was a true and real question at the time, was, why is the office bigger now than it was when we were a hit on NBC? Through conversations, most notably, I would say, Rain Wilson, Definitely Oscar Nunez and Angela Kenzie and Jenna Fisher as well. But most notably, Rain and I would talk and be like, man, I'm getting noticed a lot more in airports again now. Like it felt different, like palpably different in the world. And my question was true and legitimate, which is why. So this is November of 2019. And so we began work right away on this approach, but there was something that I knew that we needed. We had an essentially an eight hour order from Spotify. We knew we wanted to do was to talk to the key people involved. So immediately I go, well, we need some people's blessing and we need their agreement to participate. So I contact Greg Daniels and I ask for his blessing and participation. And he not only agreed to participate and gave me his blessing, he was genuinely excited right away. And I thought, okay, well, we've got Greg, which that's, that's, that's huge. And then I contacted Rain Wilson and Steve Carell and Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey because they had started Office Ladies and John Krasinski. And I wanted to try to get some of our key people on board. Every single person I contacted said yes, I'm in. But I contacted Rain Wilson early, and I said, "Will you sit down with me?" And he says, "Yes, but after the first of the year, I'm going to be shooting this movie. I'm going to be incredibly busy. I would love to do it. Can we do it now?" <sighs> I thought, "Well, sure, yes, we're we're prepared, and we talk for over two hours and." I had had this idea that if we're talking to everybody, aren't people going to want to hear more from these people than just this eight-hour story? Well, immediately after this interview, Ling turns to me and says, we've got to release these full interviews. We, we, we have to. Because see, for us, there were two parts. One was to tell the story. But the other thing that was so exciting to me." was to let people get to know the real people behind the roles that they had played and i felt like that by me conducting these interviews that you were going to hear these people in an unfiltered way and in a way that you had never heard them in a standard interview setting before so we released oral history of the office through spotify and people seem to really like it and we won a webby award for an oral history of the office and a webby award just basically just know this it's like the oscars of podcasts okay that's that's at least how it's been explained to me and you know all of us were incredibly satisfied with the attention that an oral history of the office got because we put our heart and our soul into it But I still said, we have to release these interviews. By the time we had completed interviewing folks for an oral history of the office, we had over 100 hours of recording.
2: Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports, The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise.
5: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. Gambling prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
5: 18+. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now, I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Good
0: did interviews. I was like, we're just going to cut that down to eight and throw away over 92 hours? See, there's some of the math at work. And that's where the Office Deep Dive was born. In a year plus, we've done 73 podcast episodes. Over the last year, we've never taken a week off. We had 48 guests, 63 call-in guests, so listeners like you who've called in, and we have total downloads of over 26 million. That is staggering to me and deeply, deeply humbling that not only did you tune in for Steve Carell and John Krasinski, but you tuned in for people that you may never have heard of before this podcast. I mean, Greg Daniels interviews still one of the highest listened to of all and crew members, Debbie Pierce, Laverne Karakusi, those episodes, people are listening to them just as much as they're listening uh, to some of the, well, let's just call them household names. So thank you for indulging us and and for listening to those people who without them the office would certainly not be what it is it's a hard time for hiring so you need a hiring partner built for hard times that's indeed if you're hiring you need indeed because indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract interview and hire all in one place, and Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the illest podcast.
4: Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way.
3: From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye.
4: From the left enclave to what the neocons say.
3: Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And And
4: break us off with some bread because we waiting waiting on on reparations. Reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world.
5: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
0: The moments that people gave me throughout the last year, moments that I never knew about, Mike sure telling me that Basically, Steve Carell saved people's jobs. I will never forget Mike Schur saying when Steve was confronted with the idea of reducing the cast, and his response was, no, 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 no. I didn't know that. From Laverne, our head makeup artist, telling me during the writer's strike about Greg Daniels writing a personal check to everybody on the crew because he wanted them to feel valued and he knew what a difficult time they were going through during the writer's strike at the holidays. I will never forget that. And I didn't know that before to Phyllis and Allison Jones being reunited after so many years, me and Steve having the opportunity to FaceTime with Billie Eilish after she won 57 Grammy awards the night before or whatever. And then hearing from so many of you, the greatest gift that The Office gave me, truly, and I mean this, is being approached by fans who let us know how important it is for them to tell us that The Office has given them comfort during a very difficult time. The fact that the show has connected with people and continues to connect with people so strongly And has brought them comfort during times overseas serving in the military, being hospitalized for a significant illness, having a family issue that they needed comfort for. That the office has brought them comfort. And that people telling me, giving me the gift of telling me that the office has brought them comfort during a difficult time. That is the greatest gift that the show has given me. And this podcast has given me being able to connect with so many of you who called in, who wrote in questions, who had genuine curiosity about something, or just wanted me to know that the office has given them comfort and that they continue to watch is, <laughs> I mean, how, how could that not be humbling? And I have to tell you this. All right. My mom, my mom listens to everything. Okay. Let me be clear. She listens to, to everything, all of the podcasts and She rarely responds or makes comments about them, but she told me that her absolute favorite episodes were the call-in episodes hearing from so many of you. So I think that is a testament to one, well, my mom being cool, but also that everyone who has an opinion has value and that you guys have listened and responded to, again, not just the big stars of the office, but to everyone who worked on or was a fan of the show. You know, this podcast also (laughs) has provided me with so many uh, incredibly surreal and beautiful moments. I've been to Scranton twice since this podcast journey has begun. What's better than that? Being able to go back to Scranton, not just once, but twice. Through this process, as many of you know, I wrote a book. Welcome to Dunder Mifflin. Myself and Ben Silverman co-authored the book with Greg Daniels, who wrote the foreword. Uh, We talked to Chris Haston, who took so many of the pictures, never-before-seen pictures that are included in the book, and went back to Chandler Valley Studios our old home, and walking in like it had been so long and like I had just been there yesterday. I mean, truly like goosebump moments seeing Tom Melby, the guy we worked with all of those years, every single day, he manages the stage there and he showed up in the parking lot with his Dunder Mifflin warehouse shirt on for us and telling us, Ben Silverman and I, about how he has to keep replacing the windscreen that he puts over the gate so that people don't just stand there and take pictures. Because now there are other shows and other shoots that are happening there. So he puts up a windscreen so that people can't stand there on the street and take pictures and be loud. And that he has to replace that because people come with a knife and they slit A hole in the windscreen so they can pry their camera. They can pry it open so they can get their camera in to take pictures of the front of, well, fictional Dunder Mifflin, but the front of Chandler Valley Studios. It was so awesome to be back there. So many incredible moments that have happened over the last year. And I'm so proud of this podcast and the conversations that I've been able to have with people. And look, I want to continue to talk to people. There are still more people from the office that we haven't spoken to, but I wanted to expand the podcast and I wanted to talk to more of my other friends in the business and meet new friends who have worked on classic television shows and entertained me for years. I worked with a French director for a number of years in the theater. And he taught me an important lesson. You may have heard this before from me, but this is obviously it's made an impact to me. And he taught me that comedy exists off the beat, that there's a predictable rhythm that a lot of comedy falls into, but that true comedy, things that really make us laugh or surprise us happen off the beat. And Greg Daniels then, I mean, the circle is so clear. Greg Daniels talks about that a lot with The Office, that he wanted to disrupt the predictable beat, the predictable timing of how things would happen because he felt like that would surprise and delight audiences, right? From Pam and Jim getting engaged in the rain at a gas station, right? (laughs) Not in the most romantic bridge with a babbling brook nearby with flowers and flutes no that that surprising moment could bring more beauty than anything else so my next podcast that's what i decided to call it off the beat because i want to talk to people throughout television other entertainers other comedians eventually other figures from the sports world and talk to them not about what everybody talks to them about their Emmy wins. We'll talk about that. But the moments that happen in their life off the beat, the unexpected moments that happened for them that truly make them one who they are and to make the choices that they make in their art or in their sport. So as we move forward, I'm so excited because I want to keep talking about folks who worked on the office. I have a couple of guests that i <laughs> I am so excited, but you know, a lot of them now are known for other works as well. So that's where we're going with this podcast. And I am so excited to continue to explore the same questions that we've been asking, but explore them with different artists who have excelled in their own areas of expertise for years and years that have entertained us in one way or another, or at least that entertained me <laughs> I mean, It is my show after all, right? I want to finish this look over the last year with my good friend, my compadre, my co-author of Welcome to Dunder Mifflin, Ben Silverman. I want to welcome him back onto the podcast here. I mean, look, he's the reason that The Office exists in the United States. There, I mean, that's just a fact. He is the reason that you know the show and his insights on, well, not just helping to put this podcast together, And participate in uh, allowing himself to be interviewed for, I think, four sessions, uh, but also him and I working on this book together. And I wanted to talk a little bit more to Ben about, well, about the last year together. So
2: I bet you're smart. Yeah. And you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi.
5: they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No
1: purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
5: From BBC Radio 4,
1: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
4: I thought...
0: He is, everybody, welcome, Ben Silverman.
6: Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every moment Left over from the
3: night before.
6: Oh my God, I miss you. I know, how's it going? It's
0: great. What mic are you using? Is that like your headphone mic?
6: Yeah, it's my headphone mic with the burly tones of Brian B. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Ben, I'm so excited to be talking to you yet again one year after the Office Deep Dive launched. Now, the Office, as we've talked about a lot, It started as as an underdog show, right? We were we were like the little engine that could so much has changed now in twenty twenty-two after all of these years. You don't have to convince anybody to watch the show anymore. And now you and I, we've written a book about the show. How does it feel to be a a best-selling author?
6: It's it's so fun and truly. One of the things I tell people first about myself when they meet me, (laughs) are you a father? Yes. New York Times bestselling author. Uh, Yes. No, I I absolutely, I introduced myself actually, it is now my first, first name is New York Times bestselling author, Ben Silverman. (laughs) So that it's something I'm running with. I've taken on so much new kind of creative authority and ownership of my, my life and process. It's fabulous.
0: Right. I just played golf in this LPGA tournament, but when they introduced me on the first tee, there's like the same introduction that they introduced me at, at every golf tournament, you know, Emmy winning, blah, blah, blah. And I made them change it right on the spot. I made them add New York Times bestselling author to my introduction just because it, at least it makes me seem smarter than I am.
6: I think it makes you seem smarter. And that's why I am enjoying it. I I found it to be one of the more validating runs. I am, um, you know, a little sad that our great partners at our our book company did not print the millions of books that they should have because there's so much pent up demand. And these books are now trading on eBay at a premium because they're impossible (laughs) to find. And I just wanted to make sure that all of your fans and the fans of this great podcast know that there will be a new printing of the book, ordered by HarperCollins, that is going to hit the shelves around March due to some of the supply chain issues affecting all industries. And you should just pre-order now and get excited because the book will be out. It is already trading at a premium. It's almost like its own NFT at this point. It is creating so much value for that first wave of buyers and readers who won't let the copies go
0: <laughs> buying the book is like buying an nft you heard it here how many of the initial order did you did your family order was it like two-thirds no of the
6: copies question no question that that we put a huge dent into that initial <laughs> supply but i assumed it would have been an infinite supply knowing the extended silverman family's love of the book And their friends love of the book. And frankly, anyone who needed a Christmas present and entered my house and saw the book and and demanded a copy.
2: (laughs) Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm excited to be back with a new season of You and Me Both. You know, when we started this podcast, we were going through some tough times. And let's face it, we still are. But I am a firm believer we're stronger together. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. Listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast.
0: What memories were, were brought up to you through writing the book? What memories about The Office came, came back to you?
6: I definitely wish I had spent more time enjoying the creative process and not the rigmarole around the show, which is kind of where I did all my, you know, my work, like my blocking and tackling was very much on the kind of moat around the show to protect it and allow its creativity to just, you know, flourish without challenges. And I wish I had been on the set more and been around it even more uh to enjoy it. And as it was going on, we were always kind of fighting for it. So I'm almost enjoying it more now. You know, someone asked me how I was doing. An old friend from Europe was asking me about, you know, how I was. And I was like, you know, I'm, I've i been really happy since The Office became the most watched show in modern, or maybe the history of television. And he goes, I understand that. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, it, it makes me happy.
0: Yeah. How was it for you? Cause I know I've talked a lot about how amazing it was. I mean, there are p- so many people that I talked to for the podcast and we talked to for the book that we hadn't seen in a long time. Like people that I love and love spending time with, uh, just wanted you to talk a little bit from your perspective about how it was reconnecting with those people once again on the process of, of, of the book and the podcast.
6: Well, part of me had avoided asking any of our colleagues and collaborators for kind of anything, um, post show. I had no problems, uh, calling you all the time and asking (laughs) to stay in your guest house or to, to play golf but I, I did, you know, feel uh, some wonderful connectivity in making those calls, which I was nervous about. I was like, I hadn't called. It was like calling an old girlfriend. You know, I had such a deep, profound relationship for 10 years. And then we kind of broke up for a little bit to go do our own projects or new things or, you know, you know, do, move off into the world and so then reconnecting through the book and the, the you know collected love of the the show and our experience on it was really great and i was happy to do it and i've kind of since dropped any of my hesitation about doing it as well and it's been a great exercise in in appreciation and and remembrance and you know the present day and also because we're all living the same experience which is the show's relevance uh continues to expand and, and touch new generations, including our own children, you know, which I never yeah. thought would be possible because our kids were like born at the end of the show.
0: Yeah. I, I, to me that was, well, both the most delightful, um, and the thing that made me the happiest, I think through this whole experience, I talked about calling, Greg Daniels and calling Steve Carell and Rain Wilson and these guys about trying to get them to participate. Would they participate in this podcast? Were they interested in going back and telling this story and how incredibly excited one that everybody was and two, how generous everybody was with their time. I mean, I remember you were there uh, when I spoke with Steve Carell and I think we 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 talked for three and a half hours in 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 front of the mics, and then we finished and you said goodbye and I we talked to Billie Eilish, and then I said okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, uh, or Steve I'll walk you out to your car, and we we walked out to his car, and then he and I stood by his car for thirty minutes. You were like, where did Brian go? Where did he? Where did he go? He just wanted to keep talking about the show. And I was like, we could have done this upstairs and I could have recorded it, Steve. But I mean, that to me w- was so amazing that, that I think everybody had the same curiosity that we did, which is why is the show become so big now? What happened? Like, let's go back and really dive into it. And everybody seemed to want to.
6: Totally. And um, great example. And I think no one had asked you know and and right. so like we gave the book gave people a format and the podcast gave people the environment and i think the phone calls were just the excuse you know they they were looking to take that uh experience to the present day and we are experiencing it through the show's popularity in the present day but we weren't like experiencing it together you know, and I know there had been some kind of Zoom bomb things, but these were in-depth conversations pointed and specific around our histories together.
0: Do you have any specific memories uh, about your initial talks with Spotify about getting an oral history of the office out into the world? Do you, do you remember anything about that conversation or, or how they felt about it?
6: I thought Spotify was like Microsoft. I just thought it was like this big corporate thing, and I I knew that it took me like three or four hours just to figure out how to subscribe or download or utilize it on my phone. But, but once I did and I heard they were open and looking for podcasts, they seemed like a cool thing. I thought they were like kind of the Netflixy of, of that world. And we brought it up and um, you know, our incredible team, including obviously Diego and Ling and the the crew and and Liz helped us uh, build it out. And we, we pioneered a whole genre and format. It was great. But I remember, no, it was, it was, and we had to build it out and do what we do as producers, which is really make sure that they knew the story. And we built out a deck and we built that material and we showed the narrative and we really thought through what the episodes could look like, who could participate, why they'd participate, how we could break it down. And a lot of work went into it. I mean, it was a highly produced uh, experience. And at the cornerstone of it, and the key is who's going to host it and drive it. And that was great that we did it together, Brian, you know, you were immediately the the only person uh, that we could come up with, (laughs) who would say yes. And (laughs) We reached out, and no, but having you build it with us from the beginning was amazing, yeah, did you expect the book
0: or the podcast to be to be a hit did Did you feel that there was an appetite to hearing our story?
6: I really did i i I, I did not to be gross about it, but I just felt like we had not told the story from the collection of great people involved, and in that there was a tremendous Fandom that had been built around the kind of office universe and, and you're seeing it with the office experience in Chicago, which is this amazing kind of experiential, uh, project going on there with, with the show. And you see it with our book and you see it with the, the shows continued, you know, um, airings and repeatability and, and viewer expansion, you know, each successive age group kind of falls in love with it. And so I think it had, in in my mind, so much potential. And also because I knew it was us doing it and that we would do it to its potential and that we would know that we would be connected enough to the material to to actually tell it as insiders, as opposed to kind of maybe mislayering some of the psyche of the show.
0: Yeah. We started the journey of of promoting a book as authors do. And you and I, along with Greg Daniels, who wrote the foreword, got invited to do something very, very special to me. But I know that it means even more to you. We were invited by the 92nd Street Y to do a live talk. Talk to me a little bit about the 92nd Street Y and, and what that specifically means to you.
6: It was such a fun uh, fun. To- thing to do, even if, if virtually, uh, you, me, and Greg, Greg and I are New Yorkers and have real passion and love for the city, and both grew up with intellectual parents of the city who spent a lot of time uh, hearing music or, or going to um, concerts or lectures at, at that why where we did our event, unfortunately not in the theater, but in you know the virtual world. And my own father had written a composition in honor of a incredibly important guy to me, a man named Herman Sandler, whose family were super tight with our family. Um, and he had been murdered in the 9-11 attacks. And my dad composed music and Sting sang the sonnets that my father had composed to and written. And it was just an amazing evening in celebration of my lost father and Herman Sandler, my, my real father in, in Stanley Silverman and, you know, my immediate community. And so when we were asked to speak at the Y and Ling told us, I was like, wow, this is, uh, You know this is deep, and I knew Greg would love it because it's his backyard,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I I I did just a little looking. Authors at the Ninety Second Street Y: Truman Capote, (laughs) Arthur Miller, Paul McCartney, who wrote a book of poems, and you and me.
6: Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, what what else
0: can you say except for that? Truman Capote
6: list. (laughs) <laughs> Send me that list. <laughs> Send me that list. That'll now be a part of your bio, your introduction. Send me that list. <laughs> On a list of authors who have appeared at the 92nd Street Y, including...
0: Yes. Something tells me our names may not show up in the same Yeah, I, I,
6: I don't think they'll be in this. Yeah, they will not be cross-referenced back by Paul McCartney or the Capote estate as they uh, re- retell their story. Yeah. Don't see that. <laughs>
0: I, wanna, I want to I leave you with this. From the very beginning, I started asking a question. I asked you before, I don't know if now a year and a half since we first spoke, if your answer is different, what are you most thankful for from your entire experience on the office?
6: Wow. I think I'm thankful in a, in a kind of Miss America way for the joy it's brought so many different people and the place it's played in their lives as a sense of comfort and warmth and the familial and that people look to it to provide them that and share it with their friends. And that, that's a pretty amazing thing to feel it's really nice to see that and connect to people about that and to enjoy their enjoyment you know is is a something well beyond any kind of material relationship or uh you know validation from some kind of superficial edifice just the kind of one to one fan to fan you know anecdote to anecdote that connects people's Feelings of the show back to you or to me or anyone involved in the show is really a nice is a is a really nice thing uh, to have in your life.
0: Yeah, you know, Greg wrote the last line of the show. There's beauty in ordinary things. Isn't that kind of the point? And I think that that mantra, that that idea, has given people such Comfort and have have seen such truth in the show, I think for me that's the lasting thing that 's why I keep talking about it. I think is because of the comfort that I, I I've heard from people um thank you ben Ben Silverman for coming on. you know none of us would be here i i would i wouldn't have a mic in front of me right now i wouldn't be a best selling author uh and I, I know I certainly would not have been on The Office had you not, with your <laughs> trademarked tenacity, decided to wrangle Ricky Gervais into a Starbucks and and start all of us on this journey. I think all of us who worked on the show and uh, and have been a part of this show and, and every show that has come out of it uh, owes you a debt of gratitude for that. You were you weren't just in the room where it happened, to borrow a phrase, you kind of were the room that happened.
6: Thank you, Brian. Thank you. I can't thank you enough, brother. And I so enjoyed the great friendship we have deepening through the process of the podcast and the process of the book. And I know the best is yet to come. And uh, I just love it so much. It's been Awesome. And I'm excited that you're going to give me a couple strokes next time we play because it's been rough losing you on 18 uh, in great frequency. I just want everyone here to know that stars close the show and Brian will be closing this show as he closes every golf course hole as in number 18 by draining the putt and beating his friend Ben. Love you, brother. Cheers, Ben. Thank you. Cheers,
0: Ben. Good luck negotiating the strokes. Thank you. folks that does it for our look back over over all the incredible things that happened since the office deep dive launched one year ago and thank you Ben for stopping by and well of course for everything but don't worry gentle listeners this isn't goodbye it is not the end of the road forget that it is a new beginning next week we will be taking the office deep dive off the beat and it is bound to be a great time the first episode amazing so i will see you then next tuesday same time same place i cannot wait the office deep dive is hosted and executive produced by me brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer lang lee Our producers are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky.
3: Look through your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest.
5: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. We've all
0: felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought
2: to you by the Ad Council. I'm Arden Marine from Insatiable
7: and the Will You Accept This Rose podcast.
2: And I'm Julianne Robinson, an Emmy-nominated director of Bridgerton. And we are the hosts of Lady of the Road, a funny and inspiring podcast where we have conversations with influential women about their lives and we get self-help advice. Because we are always looking to improve ourselves. True story. We talk about money, health, relationships, you name it, from inspiring women like Joan Jett, Nicole Byer, Lauren Lapkus, Reda, and more. Listen and subscribe to Lady of the Road on the iHeartRadio app,